Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Happy Halloween, folks. They say sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, and it often is. Well, sometimes truth is scarier than horror, too. Earlier this month, I was in Detroit for a church planter assessment. During a break, I went into the bathroom. Now, bathrooms are rife with the elements of horror, and there's usually only one way in and one way out. No escape. No escape whatsoever. That's why civilized cultures observe rules of etiquette, like flush the toilet after use, at least pretend to wash your hands after you exit the stall, no creepy smiles when making eye contact, actually, how about we just don't make eye contact in the bathroom? If you suddenly remember something funny Jim Gaffigan said about horseback riding, stifle the laughter because there's no laughing in the bathroom. And finally, the first rule of the bathroom, at least in men's bathrooms. I did mention I was talking about men's bathrooms, right? I have no clue what rules hold together women's bathrooms. I can only assume women's rooms are inhabited by portals to Mordor and random Urukai attacks because ladies are always headed to the restrooms in groups, armed with whatever mysterious weapons lie within their magical satchels. I have a lot of respect for women. They must put up with a lot. Also, I've wondered why plumbers install portals to Mordor in the women's rooms. <laughs> but I digress. Yes, the first rule of the men's room is no talking. Just do your business and head out the door. And if for whatever reason the first rule of the bathroom must be violated, no matter what, not for fire or earthquake or invasion of Dementors, never, ever, ever utter a word to a man using the urinal next to you. So, in Detroit, I was standing at a urinal when one of my fellow pastors saddles up next to me. <laughs> oh, that's another rule. Don't use the adjacent urinal unless there's no other urinals available. And he says, You're a bit of a weird duck, Nate. <clears throat> Hashtag my name is Nathan. He went on to explain about this show, among other odd things that I do, like first-person sermons. But you know what? I'm happy to be a weird duck, and to be a weird duck for you. For the following reasons. 1. This month alone I received two notes from Christians citing how this show has helped them understand Christianity better. 2. There's plenty of pastors who publish books like Coffee and Sanctification, or Sanctification with Coffee, or Sanctification for people who prefer herbal tea that tastes like grass clippings. But how many pastors out there are publishing horror stories entitled How to Bury a Child Molester? Available today in the Crossover Alliance anthology, Monsters. Link in the show notes. Number three. Solomon wrote, Of the writing of books, there is no end. Today he might have written, Of the production of theology podcasts, there is no end. Now, there's some great theology podcasts out there, but how many do we need? Do you realize we live in a story-based culture these days? Do you realize that people pay money to go watch narratives in the theater and that documentaries tend to bomb? And that no one goes to the theater to watch theological lectures? No, I think if we want to communicate with the culture, we need to become better storytellers. And I think Christians need to have some stories that reignite our imaginations. I could go on, but that's enough. J. Kent Edwards from Talbot School of Theology and Crosstalk Global says, if there is any such thing as a universal language, it is story. 
There's not many of us producing audio fiction by Christians. This show runs an expensive operation on a tight little budget. I hope and pray more come along, whether on this show or other shows. In fact, the only reason I'm doing this is because no one else is. And that, my dear listeners, is the true horror of Halloween. Our story today was written by R.E. Diaz. A physicist in engineer's clothing, R.E. Diaz spent 20 years in the defense aerospace industry, from performing lightning protection analysis on the space shuttle to the design of radar-absorbing materials. He then joined academia as a professor of electrical engineering, where he spends most of the time attempting to infect unsuspecting students with a love for Maxwell's equations. He has been involved in jail ministry for over 25 years. Rudy and his wife, Marcy, worship at Mountain Park Church in Phoenix, Arizona. You can find him at redsauthor.com. His science fiction story, A Measure of the Depth, appeared in 2008 in Residential Aliens, and you can find it online through our show notes. His supernatural thriller, Temple of the Refame, first appeared in the Crossover Alliance Anthology, Volume 2. I'm going to give you a heads up right now and let you know that the story is a bit of an experimental piece, so you might want to carve out some time to listen twice. When I first received this story, I needed to read it a few times before I really appreciated what R.E. Diaz was doing. So now, without further ado, The Untold Podcast is proud to present Who Argued for My Soul by R.E. Diaz. did you know? Where are you? There was no war. How can there be a war if the battlefield is no more, if the whole universe is no more? I never had a chance to join the Liberator. It's why you distracted me, isn't it? If I had allowed him to reshape me from plenum to discreetness, if I had acquired what he called a body made of particles positive and negative, pinned on the plenum, held together by the stress and strain of its face, I would be no more. I felt it happen to the rest. Who could have guessed that move by the enemy, that he would do such a thing, frightens me. Still, glorious extravagance, to destroy an entire universe, to obliterate the work of eons of eons of eons, just to keep it from falling into the Liberator's hands, and no one suspected he would. Clearly, we knew him less than we should. Did the Liberator know and not tell us? Why? I did not sense his oblivion. The others screamed. I can't forget the sound of their agony, plummeting from the finite to the infinitesimal. Such a fall should have taken forever, yet it was over before it had begun. What the Liberator had crafted as charges, poles to anchor thingness, no longer exist in here, whatever here is. They are now indivisible, fused together for all eternities. Now they can only exist as dipoles, microscopic spinning vortices trapped within singularities, prisons without dimension. Terrifying irony, they are charges again, but of the other kind. The enemy turned the plenum inside out. I can feel it now. 
There are vibrations traveling through this universe, like before, electric and magnetic. But the only charges allowed to exist free, separate, and electric, two kinds, and infinitely deep. Maybe a body could be shaped from them. No, even if I knew how, I wouldn't dare. They seem finite on the outside, but I know it's the plenum cloaking their nakedness. I can still feel the others sheared forever into nothingness within their endless depths. Horanos, oh, this plenum, it's constrained. Three dimensions of space and only one of time. How do you wrap eons of eons of eons into one line? And why? Maybe, yes, with only three of space, the plenum folds. The creases keep the charges from collapsing into each other. They remain bound, neutral, forming pockets of thingness with hundreds of shapes, unable to pull on each other any more except through the strain of the folds. Torment upon torment. I think the others can still feel each other through those folds and remember they had being. I am frightened of this enemy. I do not feel him. I think he's outside. Yet now everything moves on its own one of time, one direction with no allegiance to space. With only one direction, it has the power to shape, to separate. It does. Matter from space, finite spheres within the infinite sphere. It's a beautiful shape that I can take, but it is more than that. It has texture now, recursive from the large to the small, things upon things, different together, hard, soft, ephemeral, cold, and burning. Earth, it's called. Let me be like it. Gaia, I will be. And there is a marvel all around me. Fluid, dense, incomprehensible, hugging my skin and thinning to near nothingness at the very rim. Then the plenum sings. Everywhere, all at once, it is light, infinitely powerful, and yet I can stop it and cast a shadow. My garments of fluid let it through. Water from water divide. Above me, a sky. It reminds me of you. Oranos, I miss you. Part of me is naked. Why? Oh, I give birth. Matter with life. Life of its own? How can it be? But they breathe and they drink, and they raise their arms in worship to the sky. Oranos, they would love you, and we are not alone. I see now the source of the light, everywhere, out there, near and far. Are you out there in one? Ah, I give birth again, in water and land, and these can move, and they can breed. I cry, I laugh, I need, I want, I miss you, if you could only see. It is life, written in words they all share, coiled in a common helix, same alphabet, and yet they are so different from one another. It is a story. I think I can turn to the end and see what the crown will be. Body of my body. Oh, they live like me. They think like me. They love like... Wait, I thought I sensed the Liberator, here, somewhere, why? No, not anymore. 
but I can hardly tell. It all goes by so fast. This one time rushes relentlessly, like the rivers that carve my shape. Beautiful. Maddening. The only way to stop it is to step within, and the only way is through them. I... I can touch their minds. I can no longer be Gaia, but I can choose who I am. They are so small and frail, and yet their minds are vast. <laughs> they don't know it. I can fit inside. This is body. This is life. This is woman. I look down, curves upon curves, rounded, full, because I can bear life again and again. They need to know. She has hands. That tool, it can carve, and that limestone, soft yet lasting, it will do. Let it show the mother of all. Uranos, I would tell them about you and our love. I will teach them how to plant, how to gather, even how to hunt when the world is enshrouded in snow. But I cannot remain. This orb is moving. Its star is moving. Even the plenum is shifting. It will leave the rest of me behind. I will rest. Only for a moment. And then I will return. No! What have I done? That is not what I taught. They confuse cycle with cause and effect. So life must follow death, and they shed blood of their own to ensure my return. No, you cannot kill yourselves. Together you have strength. Blood must love blood. But still weak, I could not remain. Let me rest. Oh, Oranos, they learned to love their own and spilled the other's blood. Massacre. Bodies everywhere, male and female, aged and children, beaten and pierced while they were defenseless, bound. Even a woman with child. No, everywhere I wander, it's the same. Someone must understand. Yes. Builders of temples in staggered scale, rising in steps to heaven from earth. They must remember me and you. Listen, listen to Asherah, mother of all, lady enshrouded in sea, wife of the greatest one. Do you understand? They must, please. But I must leave. How long have I slept? Who crafted this lie? They call you L, and I, I was yours until Baal. Who is this Baal? Traitor, usurper. He'd taken the throne, well deserved his slaying. But then why am I Anath? Why? 
to bring him back from hell? No one against me could stand, blood of thousands, a river to my knees, until I found the slayer of Baal. I carved him asunder, shredded to strips, burned him to the core, and beat him until his ashes were no more. Rise, avenged one. Be my lord. I am your Asharte. Nightmare. How could I do this? But it is me, Ashtaroth the Many. This cannot be. I try again. Builders of pyramids. I am Mahet Weret, mother of the flood. Be my children. I will give you love, but they need more. I will give you law. Call me Ma'at, justice, order, and truth. They thrive, but I must go. When I awaken again, I have been Hathor, goddess of love, of motherhood and joy, and Beset, the lioness, goddess of war. My dreams are not my own. Someone takes control. It is Baal again. I know. He hates you, Osiris, my love. He hides behind another name. Set, the beast, horned dog, chaos, filth. He calls me Anat, Astarte, lover and consort. I refuse, and in this dream he tears you apart. But there's something he fears. I was its mirror, as Ma'at, law. Isis wins, and you live. But still, my dreams are not my own. I stand accused. Anon, Ishtar. They say I have done more than touch mind, that I have stolen lives, walked among them, loved them while they were young, and then cast them aside. And fed up with the futility of it all, I dared to rebel against death. So they taught me a lesson, because death, death is all. And now I am a corpse, hanging on a meat hook. Until I hear a voice, someone argues for my soul. Who would? Who did? But... I live. I return and find my lover Tammuz on my throne. I kill him. It was a shadow of Baal. Oh, Uranos, I will never win. He never sleeps. I know what he fears. I try to be Armati to teach my children that nature itself calls for law. But they are weak like me, and he proves it. For he too can have a thousand names and weave a thousand tales and have them believe. Adramalek, Molek, Chemosh. My children burn their babies to their gods. No more, no more. All I wanted was love. All I wanted was you. Maybe I can be Gaia again. But the earth will not have me. And the sea will not drown me. And I wash onto the shore in a dream. Aphrodite born of foam, I awaken terrified. Whom have I been? Whom have I slain? But something has changed. I do not sense Baal's stain. The god of these people hates human sacrifice, and they call me love. Oh, Uranos, they have so many words for love. Passionate, noble, treasuring, family's bond. Is it over? It's been so long. I nod off for a thousand years. Their conquerors call me Venus. 
but their love is cold. Their temples are full, but these are not gods. Prayer and sacrifice are bargaining tools. Then let's teach them how it's done. Stench of Baal, but it is the Liberator that takes form. Leave me alone. We are alone. All that is left. You cling to a memory that will never return. Be mine. To torment? How else could I teach you how to really love? Oranos is not gone. I think he is outside. There is nothing outside. The enemy is outside, I retort, and he trembles. Absent architect who cares for none. You are alone. Yet you fear his signature, order, and law. He raged in every monstrous form he could take, but I knew he cannot touch me while I'm awake. You must sleep, and when you do, I will teach you what love can do. Not if I die. The woman is sick, beyond help. If I shed all that I am, her shell can be mine. It's not stealing to borrow for a while, so I can love one last time. He reminded me of you, wanted me too. But they say he was not mine to have, and they drag me outside. Their law says I am to die by the stones in their hands. I don't miss the irony. They'll use my flesh to tear this flesh, but I'm ready to end until they show me their chosen judge, sitting in the dust. No, he knows me. I see it in his eyes. They don't know, but I do. He's the enemy. How can he be both outside and inside? But he is. They press him. He stands. Verdict they demand. And he speaks with a voice I've heard before. And one by one, they are gone leaving behind a circle of stones. Is there no one to condemn you? I dare not look up. Neither do I. Go, sin, no more. Oranos, did you know? And that was our story. I hope you liked it. Obviously, this is a completely speculative story and not a theological statement. There is a theme of love running throughout this cosmic tale, which I think speaks to much of our contemporary misunderstandings of what love is and what love isn't. I have some more thoughts on this, which I'll share in our Patreon-exclusive podcast launching in November. Want access? Support us on Patreon for some rare, i.e. mediocre stories and poems by me along with discussions of our stories. Before we go, remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com.
Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. Support us on Patreon and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannon, Fred Heimbaugh, Clayton Webb, Parker J. Cole, Lauren Van Arendonk Ba, Spirit Blade Productions, The Retro Rewind Podcast, Nathan and Casey Butler, and Amanda St. John. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, go sin no more. weapons lie within their magical satchels.